What's up, everybody? I'm Tyler Washington. I'm Chris Kissinger. And you are listening to the Alternative Blacks Podcast. Before we start the show, we want to give a special shout out to Oakbrook Brewing Company. Oakbrook Brewing Company has been a day one supporter of the show, and they are located at 628 Park Avenue in Reading, Pennsylvania, in the Millmont area. They have a wide variety of beer and an equally wide variety of amazing food. Make sure to check them out and support a local business. All right, Chris, you ready to get into the show? Let's go. All right, so today we're going to be talking about mental health and more specifically mental health as it uh, pertains to the black community, right? And underprivileged communities in general. Right, exactly. But obviously, before we get into the heavy stuff... Beer! That's right. What are we drinking? We're drinking It's About Damn Time. You know what? That is a very appropriate name uh, for everything that's been going on, especially last week with what happened... um, in Reading, and then obviously what happened in Louisville, but uh, we talked about that last week on IG Live, so I won't get into it. Yeah, so about damn time, it's from Four Noses Brewing Company. It's an American IPA, 7.1% ABV. It's an assertive yet crushable American India Pale Ale with citrus notes and crisp malts. So let's dig in. Cheers. That's pretty good. It's refreshing. And it might be because we were drinking Pilsners prior to this, but <laughs> it's refreshing. We had a blonde. We did have a blonde. I thought it was going to be more, I, yeah, I, I expected a little more bitterness than I'm getting, and I'm okay with not having that much bitterness. You know why? Because it's dry enough. Yeah. It's dry enough without being bitter. It doesn't punch you with flavor. Mm-hmm. It smells stronger than it tastes. Yeah. But it's it's solid. And that's what you need with an IPA uh, every once in a while. So I'd give this a solid 3.25. Yeah. Damn, you were... Nah, I'd probably go 3.5 on this. Uh, Yeah, 3.5. So our average score then would be 3.5 for this. Uh, Yeah, it's good. Does it distinguish itself from another IPA of the same category that I've had to the point where I want to return to it and seek it out? No. If it was but it's a, good. Yeah, if I went to a bar and this was on the list and I didn't trust anything else and I knew I was going to be refreshed, like, I knew this is a refreshing beer. Yeah. I would say, yeah, give me the, it's about damn time. <laughs> about damn time. Yeah. So, uh, did you mention, this is out of Broomfield, Colorado. Um, reason we have it is my aunt who lives out in Colorado currently drove back with her husband <laughs> To, to visit and brought four beers and uh, we drank two of the, the four and I drank one of the four last night. So this is the four of the four. So we got the one of them. Wow, what the hell kind of math was that? Right, right? She brought four. We had two prior. I drank one by myself yesterday and now we are having one. So four out of four. There we go. It's like one of those uh, math problems you got in fifth grade. The it was the word. It was the words. Oh my gosh, it's been a while. Where it was like actually like there weren't numbers. It was typed out. It was like it was a paragraph, and you had to read it. Oh, and come up with the, the math answers. word problems. Yeah. Oh, I hate those. Exactly. That's what just happened here. Like if Bob has four apples, <laughs> how many pears does Joe have? Yeah. <laughs> and Tamisha takes four apples. How quickly will she be shot in the head? Sorry, it's been a week. 
It's been two weeks. It has been two weeks. A lot of bullshit's been going on. Yeah. Um, so before we get into all that bullshit, why don't we do one last lighthearted thing to kind of just keep our spirits up before we inevitably go down. Right. And so I'll start with my sample. And I want to start with mine because the song is called I'd Be So Happy. <laughs> If not for the bullshit? <laughs> if not for the bullshit. Okay, all right. But it, it, it's from 1974. It's by Three Dog Night, and it's called I'd Be So Happy off of their album Hard Labor. <laughs> nice. Oh, my God. What a... Whose song is this? Yeah. Yeah. Whose song is this? <laughs> That's what you're supposed to tell me. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, no, no, no. Kid Cudi. It's a Kid Cudi song. At least what I know is a Kid Cudi song, which might have been the beat he used off of someone's original song, but I'm remembering in my head right now the Kid Cudi song, and it was like something about a prayer. So that's what I'm remembering, that tune from the dun 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 dun. That's coming from there, but you're shaking your head, so I know it's wrong. Uh, You're wrong, and I even checked. Hold on, hold on. You might not even be wrong. I have to look further, but I think you're wrong. Continue. Well, it's your song that you picked, so... I'm clearly wrong, but can you give me a hint to the song you picked? Do you want the artist? Give or do you want the year? Artist. <laughs> I'm not going to get the year because I... It was a 2011 song. From like a, a Mr. Kendrick Lamar. Really? Ready for it again? Oh, that section there. Yeah, that section 80 there. Ah, yes. <laughs> yes. It's a... Uh, oh, what's the name of that song? Welcome to Vigilante. 80, so don't you ask me. Ooh, you got to see 80? Yeah. Ah. I'm hungry. I can hear the lyrics in my head. Whoop, whoop, de whoop, whoop. Yeah. yeah. California Dungeons. What's the name of that song? So as, you, as you're trying to figure it out, you know, this has been used by Jizza, which Rizza is on this song, so that's fine. Well, because Rizza produced, like, pretty much all of that. Right. So it is from a Jizza uh, song as well. It's from a French Montana song, an Akon song. Uh, Project Pat used this at one place. Project Pat. Oh my it God. is Ronald Reagan Ronald era. Ah, is Ready? that all it is? Is, is, is there's not a slash? Not good from far. Down Compton Boulevard. We don't give a fuck. Oh, you sly bastard. Using Kendrick Lamar on me, huh? Mm-hmm. And here, because it takes a little while to actually get into the beat, I'll play it too because this is actually the main beat. Yeah, I know. As soon as I heard the that down. Yep. 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 That's as, a great sample. So the doom 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 part, I remembered from a different Kid Cudi song. Mm. Just that tune, and it couldn't have. It may not even been sampled. It just could have been and like just that. Coincidence. That, yeah. But then when it went down. 
that's when I that's when I got got it. But I just couldn't remember the name of it. You're welcome. Damn. Yeah. So my sample. Oh God. I haven't done well with you. Is uh, oh God. Oh. I didn't God. look at the name of this beforehand. Well, it's the name is Bound. The name of the song is Bound by Ponderosa Twins Plus One from 1971. So the samples, the the samples about to come in. So there's multiple songs here, right? Is this Kanye? That's one of the answers. And Jay Z? No, Kid Cudi. I don't think Kikuri's on that. So, Kanye's on it. The song that the song that I picked, no. Oh, but he used this. He used this. Okay, see, that's yeah. where I know it from. That's a uh, bound two that you're thinking of. That would explain which it. Takes liter- that takes literally the vocal sample there, but yeah, this yeah. is actually the music that's being sampled here. All right, so give me a hint for the modern day one. Or what was used for it is uh, what what kind of hint do you uh, want? Let's go with the year. Let's just start start off. Two thousand nineteen. <laughs> oh great! Play it again. And you hit the jump too, so it's starting right there. Shit. Starting with. <laughs> Who's it by? It's by a man named Tyler the Creator. Fuck, is this off Igor? It's off of Igor. <laughs> oh, I need to. I you're know not, it. I know say, the, and I know you're you're not safe from this one because I know you listen to the I album. De- I definitely listened to the album and I listened to it multiple times. So this is this is bad on my part. But, uh, it's not earthquake. <laughs> it's not earthquake. Boys again. Right here. And you know what's bad? I should know this because I do know the song. Terrible. Wow. Terrible. You, sir, picked a great one. I. Thank you, sir. Thank you. What a match today. We we did it. We we've stumped each other today. We did the damn thing. Um, okay, cool. So now that you have effectively affected my mental health, let's discuss mental health. Right. So it, it is, first is, well, first of all, September was Mental Health Awareness Month. Right. And before getting into it any further, um, I, I think this was really important because of everything that happened within September. I know personally, I had a lot of projects going on, which have definitely affected my mental health. Uh, I think this podcast is one of those things that I consider therapy, um, which 
helps my mental health. However, there was so much shit that's been going on in 2020, and it just continues to accumulate. So we lost uh, RGB. Uh, obviously, there was the Breonna Taylor verdict. There was fucking DA. And we discussed a lot of this on our live. Um, but I, this was the reason having this episode was so important, was because mental health just seems to be this sort of weird cloud around the black right and um it kind of takes me back to i believe this was april or may when we were doing the zoom episode with marquise and dear redding Mm -hmm. and and it was kind of just like a mental health check-in like how are you doing because at that point these things were about to start to come to a head in a, in you know later in the month but you know at that point it's just like you know we're dying at an alarming rate that we can see um i think this was right after Ahmad arbery right so and you know Brianna, really right um so it kind of takes me back to that because you know we don't really think about it too much in our community i think we don't have the luxury or the time to think about about it normally if you're in an underprivileged uh, situation you don't have the resources to and you certainly don't have the time to devote to you know taking that minute or that hour to relax and not worry about what's going on and not think about the troubles of the world around you or even having time to figure out that you don't have time to address this like right is it even on people's radars i don't you know for me i don't even me i don't think about it a lot and maybe i should yeah so i you know that's kind of what we're digging into today uh it's it's, it's a heavy topic and i think it's 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 needed and Really, what we want to get to get to with this discussion is, you know, why is it such an issue in underprivileged communities, in black communities? Why is this? And I did some research into, uh, I believe this is from uh, Columbia University. It is the Department of Psychiatry. Psychiatry. Next episode is going to be on reading comprehension. Reading comprehension. Mm. Yes, in reading Pennsylvania. Uh, I read through this, and this is a study on the mental health, uh, health, if you will, in the black community. And they're asking questions like, you know, why is there... Well, first they're saying, here it is. Here are the stats. Clearly, there's a disparity. And then they ask, why is there a disparity? So I have a couple of quotes pulled from this, which are like my basic takeaways mm-hmm. from, from the article that we can discuss here. Uh, and the first piece is the increased incidence of psychological difficulties in the black community is related to the lack of access to appropriate and culturally responsive mental health care prejudice and racism inherent in the daily environment of black individuals and historical trauma enacted on the black community by the medical field. So that's point number one. And for me, you think about, you think about the fact that, 
you know, we have racism and prejudice and how that can lead to excess stress. And we all know that stress can have a physical toll, not just mental, but a physical toll on your well-being and your body. Uh, and those two were pretty obvious to me. The one that I didn't really think of, but when it was pointed out, I was like, wow, yeah, no shit, would be, you know, the trauma enacted on the black community by the medical field. Mm-hmm. We don't think about how many experiments have been done on black people, black women, for sh- for sure, uh, you know, to come up with these medical advancements we we base we've been historically used as lab rats and that enacts a certain fear and distrust of the medical system as a whole when you don't think it's for you right and it's very interesting last week we talked about you know separating the artist from the art and we mentioned lovecraft country and uh one of one of the episodes in lovecraft country spoiler alert um, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Because yeah. it's Lovecraft Crunch. Right. Spoiler alert. Uh, if you haven't watched it at this point, there's an episode there's this haunted house. And it's a this house of this former doctor who performed experiments on people in the black community and blah, blah, blah. And while this whole show being H.P. Lovecraft, which we discussed and the problems that exist within that person um, themselves, it, it has that very real uh, conversation around... The trust in the medical community because these were these things were happening. There was uh, on UPenn's campus, I believe, not too long ago. There was a whole exhibit on uh, the experiments that were happening on uh, the black community, or the sorry, the prison community in the Philadelphia area. But if we're gonna have a very honest and real conversation yeah. about the prison community, we we'll go back to the Thirteenth Amendment. We'll go back to you know the slaves are free. However, you put them back into the prison system over and over again, and you use medical doctors to experiment on. Them. Or you go to this article, That's which true. brings up some statistics uh, later on. Oh and yeah. So. Back to this article on statistics. Although the black community roughly constitute 12% of the United States population, they are overrepresented in high-risk populations, a group that is often impacted by specific negative occurrences. I'm really happy you put like an actual definition behind high-risk uh, populations because I'm sure they're like... Well, I can't, no, I can't take credit. They actually had that in no, there. No, I'm glad they did because I, I can just hear and see people who are like going to be the counter like a devil's advocate for this is like oh what puts them at high risk why am i not a high risk well because of the group that is impacted by specific negative occurrences which by this following statistic is evident right so for example the black community comprises approximately 40 percent of the homeless population 50 percent of the prison population 45 percent of children in the foster care system so there you have it. From 12% of the population, we somehow make up almost half or almost half of everything, everything in these high-risk high areas. Yes. And when you have when, first when you have that, now now mental health really is the really is an issue because here's the population that probably per capita needs it. Well, definitely per capita needs it the most. But as we've discussed in the past, the opportunities to receive that help are not in those areas, mm-hmm. whether it's just 
physically a lack of, you know, services in that area or if it's monetary. Because medical care is extremely expensive. Right. It's interesting to me because I've been having conversations around privilege often. Um, and this is something that I, for some reason, really focused on was this, this understanding of what we are talking about privilege and why it has become such a demonized word. Uh, I think it's very important. I find a very interesting... Um, I have a, a fascination on words, what words are cho- uh, are chosen, and what the implications of those words are. We as a society have, for some reason, chosen that privilege is a negative word, contrary to what the word in itself actually means in reality. Well, that's, that, that's the weaponization of white guilt. Right, exactly. It's not... It, it Exactly, it's the white guilt. It's not wanting to come to terms with the fact that even the most impoverished white person in comparison to the most impoverished black person is privileged. Right. And it's not wanting to have that conversation. And I can sit here all day and explain the many privileges that exist within my own life, but it's not going to actually benefit uh, the conversation at hand because then the white masses will use what I say as a reason of, well, see, privilege doesn't exist if they're able to do it. We had a black president. There was that ex-NFL player from the area most recently who wanted to have a fucking op piece about saying that the NFL is a deterrent to uh, actual change and that uh, there isn't a race issue. It's the fact that we are victimizing ourselves, the black people. So what I wanted to bring up was gaslighting. For Ooh, all what yeah. I just said was another important aspect of mental health is the gaslighting effect. And that is what I am seeing across the board when we talk about the mental health or just even the uh, racial inequalities in the country is the pure amount of gaslighting. So now you have people telling these communities who are on masses going out into to protest and to say these are the social injustices, these are the things that are being done against us. And then you have one or two people like fucking Candace Owens go out and say, well, this doesn't exist. And then they that's cherry the pick. Gaslighting. Yeah, that and is they the cherry pick that and that's what gets Look, played. Look, Candace Owens is saying this. Well, guess who didn't get fucking picked to speak at the Republican uh, convention? Candace Owens. So all this fucking shucking and jiving that she does means nothing. So I would probably not listen to somebody who doesn't even get respect for the people that she's pandering to versus the people that are saying enough is enough. Ooh, you were on fire today, man. I am wild. Like, I am really annoyed recently with a, a lot of these conversations. And again, it comes back to the mental health issues because we're putting people into prison. We have a pipeline to send a certain class of people and a certain amount of people uh, from a certain population to prison, then to put them back into a system or into a community that doesn't have resources that essentially forces them back into that uh, same system again so and then they point get, to them yeah, and so say this is the issue. Back. However, there is no resources. They aren't getting the mental health issues that need to uh, – resources that are needed for them to be successful. And it just – it's it doesn't make – Sense We continue to look at areas that don't have the help they need and say, why can't they get it together? Well, I think I think the important point is it's the fact that we are a demonized people. I think it's the fact that we are the dangerous person. So when some when someone who isn't of that uh, community does something, 
they can be assessed as an individual and they can be assessed and say, oh, this is a troubled individual. And, you know, we're, we're going to we're going to remove this person from the general population, but we're going to hope to rehabilitate him and or her and get them, you know, to become a productive member of society. On the other hand, for us, it is we are all dangerous. It doesn't matter what our what our mental health issues are. We're just dangerous. So you see something like that getting highlighted. So someone who's in the prison population thinks they're there because that's just what it is. And they don't think about, well, maybe their view on life is completely skewed uh, and it's not their fault. Right. Because they're being gaslit. They're being gaslit. And when you and when you are gaslit or gaslighted, I guess it's gaslit, right? When you are it's lit. When, when you are a victim of gaslighting enough, eventually it be, you start to feel like you're the insane person because you're saying this is the issue. This is an issue. And you keep getting meant by no, 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 that's not the issue. And you start to feel insane because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So when you're continuously complaining about your situation and trying to express to those in power you know, what the issues are and you get nothing back but different explanations that don't really make sense and make you out to be the victim eventually, you're going to say, well, I must be the victim or I'm insane, one of the two. Right. And, and that's uh, how I want to bring it all back into this privilege conversation too is because I, I get looked, uh, I get these explanations of white privilege not existing and because people specific people aren't part of the problem but i said you know it it comes down to even voter suppression and how voter suppression is enacted and it's like when you want to look at the crux of the issue you can say that the black people have the privilege but you know who this voter suppression is actually benefiting even if you're not aware of it and to this extent so what happens is you have slavery being a man like you have the emancipation proclamation you have the 13th amendment but then you basically say you can get slaves again as long as they uh break the law which now we have police in order to uh, rally these people up and so then you have people get committed to jail and then you take their right to vote away from them because Mm -hmm. they have been uh, put into prison for a certain crime. Now, while that might not be across the board anymore in America, that still exists to certain degrees and heavily directed at certain populations. So you have that. Now you put them into a community which is affected that does need uh, resources, which they are no longer allowed to vote for somebody to put into office that would allow those resources to make it into the area. And on top of that, you have gerrymandering, which puts these neighborhoods into weird district lines that don't allow them to vote for a representative to represent them. However, they represent rich white masses, which vote for that interest rather than the interest of the people that are impoverished and need help getting out of a cycle. And that is privilege. And because they say that doesn't exist, that is the gaslighting that exists that creates mental health issues. And then you see it happening within crimes where people with mental health issues are at the forefront of these crimes, aren't being met with the appropriate de-escalation tactics or the right personnel to address that uh, situation, and then therefore get shot, and then you have riots. Sorry, protests. Drop beer. Drop mic. Boom. <laughs> I no. I complete man. I completely agree with everything you said. Uh, 
I couldn't I couldn't say it better myself. You know, I I think one thing that that people when 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 you say we want to divert funds from the police and reallocate those funds to social services and community services, mental health services, that's that's one of the huge things that we're talking about when we say we need to invest more in this area. And here's a place where we could convert, revert some of that money, divert some of that money, mm-hmm. because I don't care what your stance is on the police. They should not be called to a mental health episode as the first line of defense because they are not mental health workers. They don't have a medical degree or a psychiatric degree certification. They don't have any of that. And if they're going in there with a militant mindset already, that person is dead on arrival. Right. And that's what I see often with these uh, justifications or the defense of the police is like they're putting themselves at risk. They, They put themselves into this position that they aren't equipped and that's what really bothers me is when I hear somebody admit that they are not prepared. They're not prepared. For so this why are we putting them there? And why are we not trying to put more resources into people that are equipped or are able or to handle these situations? In many cases, are more educated and better trained than these individuals. Do I believe a form of not law enforcement, but just? Community and for yeah yeah do I believe that something like that should exist? It needs of to. Course. It has to, of course. However, I don't believe the current system that is in place is properly working or was meant to work the way that we need it. That's to work. that's the one. It's properly working. It's properly working, but not the way that it needs to for today's age. And that's where a lot of different issues come into play for me. Uh, and there's a lot of different conversations that I can have around it. Uh, but I'll get into my article now, since we're about halfway through the episode. Uh, so I found an article, and I think it's from USC. It's from uh, University of South Carolina, from the Suzanne Dwork Peck. Can't pronounce the last name. Yeah, you can't say USC and then go University of South Carolina, because USC is... South California, I'm sorry. California. Oh, is it South California? It, yeah, it is. Oh, it is okay, USC. okay. California, so it's USC, University of South California. I've been thinking about California. Carolina a lot recently. That's why I had the... It's another... We'll get into that after the show. Um, (laughs) But it was this article from February last year that says why mental health care is stigmatized in black communities. And I just have a couple points and then I have the the headings of the three main points of this whole article and we can get into those. So the first one that I got is... um, in black communities, reluctance to seek both physical and mental health care can often be attributed to a general distrust of the medical establishment. This distrust is not without merit. Historically, African Americans have been misdiagnosed at higher rates than white patients, and black communities have been exploited by the U.S. government and medical community in the name of medical advancement. So this kind of piggybacks from what we were talking about earlier, adds another level of depth to it in terms of the misdiagnosis. Uh, at a higher rate than mis- uh, than white patients. And we can even look at the uh, black women in terms of the mortality rate of childbirth. childbirth. Oh, my God. It's huge. Right. Huge. And, and this is what we talk about. So, like, when, when they say, you know, again, with this gaslighting, when there's nothing wrong and all this other stuff, and, and it's all of this evidence that is here for people 
to actually look into and to read and to try to figure out uh, why does this keep happening or at least address or see clearly why this keeps happening. And people seem to be so against looking further into these issues. And that's what I try to challenge everybody is when you have a problem with a protest because of somebody's name that's attached to it or if you are having a hard time getting past the concept of defund the police solely because of the name defund if these are your surface level issues that will not allow you to research more do more and have a better understanding or at least some sort of empathy then you actually are uh complicit to the systemic racism that exists you are in fact, a racist. You might not be going out on your front, por front porch looking at your next door neighbor and calling them a nigger, but you might as well be because you are complicitly going with the flow. You're you, aiding and abetting. Exactly. You are the person driving the car. And it's because this stuff exists. If you go further and realize, oh, X, Y, and Z are happening. Chicago's not being taken care of the way it needs to be. Philly still hasn't rectified the fact that its own police department bombed a section of the city. Not too long ago. Not 400 years ago. Rather, 40 years ago. Right. And that and that's where it comes comes to me. So the other thing that gets discussed in this is if an African-American person with a mental illness acts out in violence, they are much more likely to be criminalized than to be given an opportun uh, the opportunity to receive mental health care, which is, again, what we d discussed earlier. So the reason I wanted to put some of these points uh, in my section to go off of what you had already said is to show, again, these aren't new concepts. These aren't new understandings of... Uh, evidence or like observations this stuff exists these facts exist and have always existed there might be more information and now even more data but it's the same concept right and just to jump in quick on your first point that you made the distrust historically you know african-americans being mishandled and abused by the medical field um it it I, some, something just popped into my head about women's health and I finally remembered the guy's name or I, I googled it and got his name Mr. Mr. Fuck him. J. Marion Sims the father of modern gynecology. Oh god. He he got all of his medical advancements by experimenting on enslaved black women without the use of anesthesia. And I mean, he would he would split them open. He would see how much, you know, pain they could tolerate. He would do all of these different things to, you know, to advance his to advance his uh, medical understanding and to be known as someone like the father of modern gynecology kind of gives him this mystique. But really, he was a piece of shit. Yeah. And here, this is a perfect example of what we talked about, about black people, the black population being criminal or demonized and uh, abused by the, men, by, the, uh, by the medical field and the medical community as a whole. Um, 
the Tuskegee experiments. You, you know, there's mm. just so many things that you could come up with, and it's, you know, just 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 to kind of drive home that point of there is a reason that black people distrust medical professionals, and we have to one get more medical professionals from that community into that community right. that are more trustworthy and are actually there to do their job. And we have to, you know, get past the mistrust, but it's hard to do that until you get those people and services into those areas. So I just wanted to make that point on, on the abuses of the medical community, if you, as it were. Uh, I think it's very important because a lot of, like I said, I didn't think about that too much, but I I knew I just didn't think about it too much until the article I was reading brought it up. So I wanted to kind of drive that point home. Yeah. And so even to, to go off of that kind of conversation, I was like running through a couple different scenarios on my, my own, uh, on my own too. So we're talking about the medical ex- experiments and, and everything that's talked about there. For the people that don't want to reallocate funding, too, uh, especially for the police force because it's such a dire need and it's needed and uh, these communities, obviously, because X, Cause, Y, Because police prevent crime, right? Right, exactly. It's not a response, but it's a yeah, preventative yeah. measure, whatever. Uh, let's look at stuff as like the Space Force, <laughs> space exploration. Oh, yes, yes. I think we brought this up on an earlier episode because of Lovecraft Country, again, Whitey on the Moon. Uh, a rat just bit my sister Nell and Whitey's on the moon, right? Like that whole conversation from fucking what, 60s again? Um, and he, I just watched the Challenger explosion, like the um, the documentary on Netflix and about that and this three to five billion dollar uh, venture by um, Reagan, 80s. Um, and, and we're talking about all these things. And again, it, it comes Which to... Which that was all Cold War bullshit, but... Right, you know. but... Uh, and there was parts because... Uh, the space uh, unit, the focus on NASA wasn't front page news anymore, and I was getting put to second, third page, or third section in, and they needed to be more, uh, they wanted to have more hype behind them because they need money from Congress, and so we're going to put a, a teacher on to the space because now, look, we're on the front page news. What, meanwhile, everybody in NASA would be like, ah, this might not be the best idea because it's not really safe. Like, we are taking the risk, but it's not that safe, and we're creating a false narrative. But that's neither here nor there. The main point I want to bring up is uh, the amount of money that it would be taken uh, that it would take to even end world world hunger. We're not talking about like to fix a mental health issue within the like East Coast section of the United States. Yeah, just world but hunger. World hunger. The, the biggest, probably the biggest, could easily issue. be um, resolved just by our nation alone. Just by one addressing more of the tax issues that exist within the most wealthy or people, or just in one the person world. from one that person, community, exactly. Or even taking a look at some of these the spending that doesn't make sense, like space force, like these explorations, uh, these shuttle programs. Because what is the point of going to these outer like dimension areas or at these outer uh, planetary areas if we can't even solve what's happening on our planet to begin with? Mm. I have a nuanced look on yeah. on NASA. Uh, personally, I think this is a good episode to have, like, for a full discussion. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. 
I I do think I do think there's a place for NASA. Do we need a Do we need a space force right now? No. Right. No, we don't. Um, but it's important. It's important because there are there are things in in the in the universe that we that are danger to the planet yes. as a whole. And so there should be money there, but here, once again, my, reallocation, not here's my completely clear, defunding it. This is my clarifying statement on what I was trying to explain, was the fact we should be attempting to explore space. We should be attempting to explore the areas of the planet that we haven't even gotten to yet. However, there are other issues for the overall overall well-being of humanity that could easily have been solved this is true. by this point and then we could go forward with the rest of these um experiments with these explorations with these discoveries that are important right because at the end of the day in actuality nasa's budget has continuously been cut but now you're putting a space per, a space task force out there for Police on the space, police on the moon. You know that yeah. kind of thing. You cut, but where are you cutting funds from as well? You're cutting funds from funds from all these scientific agencies that could get us better. Uh, that could get us better environments, better right. protections, better better everything. And you're putting it into basically all of your political jargon, all your political talking point mm-hmm. places. So I, I think you're right. We will have a space force episode. <laughs> Specifically on the Power Rangers. I mean, United States government. Um, <laughs> so the next point I have is uh, is to discuss the three main points that are in this article that uh, is in the show notes that I would encourage you to look into, read more on, um, and take your own... Gander. Gander. To have your own takeaways on, really. I, I would encourage you guys to read what we are reading. Uh, in order to engage in more conversations with us about these topics. So the three main points in this article are understanding barriers to mental health, which if you go back to our barriers to entry within the craft beer community, this is why we continue to have episodes like this, because when we speak about craft beer, we are speaking as uh, almost metaphorically. While it is true in that area, it is true in every single area. So maybe it might get across to you if we explain it through craft beer, but we're talking about mental health we are talking about corporate positions we are talking about education we are talking about everything uh there's the overcoming the mental health stigma because now you have the stigma of well what they have done to us to begin with but also the weakness like Mm -hmm. as the black male what is being perceived on television like what is being portrayed on television how are we being told what it is meant to be a black male so now when again i will bring this back to lovecraft country because this show is amazing and they canceled uh watchmen um you are seeing a black male black gay man on tv being vulnerable you you're seeing these men have to address their mental health issues you're seeing these Uh, Strong black women also show strong black vulnerability and not being okay with themselves. And they are destroying a lot of these stereotypes. They're putting them on the forefront and deconstructing them. And that's why it's important because in order for us as a people to be better equipped with to address the world and and call out these problems and be uh, strong enough mentally to deal with the gaslighting and prove why it is false... 
you have to overcome the stigma in the first place. And it is so deep. And it's how do you get these resources into these areas to be at a better standing or almost equal, almost equal footing. And then the last part would be your incre- uh, increasing access through meaningful policy change. So again, how do you readdress these things? How do you, uh, we talk about it in the gentrif- uh, gentrification episodes, you know, when you start in, uh, making a better neighborhood, are you really improving the neighborhood and keeping the neighborhood the neighborhood? Or are you forcing that community somewhere else? And therefore, not actually addressing the problem, but moving the problem to somewhere that's not bothering the masses or the general population that would hence be white. All right. Do we just want to jump into Anador's section? Yeah. Yeah. We'll just. So, uh, Anador, uh, her, her, her quick note on our two articles uh, that we've been discussing this episode. Uh, She says that these articles express how mental illness is compounded by racial inequality, why the illness and care are stigmatized, and how mental health in the black community is criminalized rather than given proper medical attention. Um, So just nice, sweet, and uh, very, very, very much, uh, much more articulate summarization of everything we've been ranting about for an hour right like she took the last like 40 minutes of the show and said it in a minute pretty much but if we said it in a minute we wouldn't have a show right right exactly (laughs) uh so now she she provided uh her own piece of research here uh some articles uh or this article that details uh oakland's plan to implement emergency health mental health responders rather than cops as a result of everything mentioned above. Uh, So some quick notes off of that article, uh, which, first of all, this is exactly, we even mentioned it earlier, um, and it's been discussed independently of this, is the fact that cops do not need or should not be the first Mm -hmm. responders in a mental health episode. So, uh, the city council, uh, this is Oakland now, Oakland, California, the city council voted to set aside $1.35 million for a new pilot program called Mobile Assistance Community Responders of Oakland, or MACRO, because, let me tell you, as working for, um, working for a government agency, we love our acronyms. Apparently. We love our, if it's something new, it's going to, it's going to be an acronym. Trust me. They're going to find a way, even if the name of it doesn't match the acronym quite right, they'll still make the acronym and then they'll just call it whatever word they were trying to make it. Yeah. We want this to be macro. How going to fit? Uh, mobile assistant community responders of Oakland. That's it. Yeah. You get a raise. I'm serious. I'm pretty sure that there's someone getting paid handsomely to come up with acronyms. And I'm pretty sure the McNugget guy is still making minimum wage. Crazy. Sorry. Crazy. But at at any rate, so it's called the Mobile Assistance Community Responders of Oakland. And... 
Several community, uh, or several council members uh, have expressed support for a comprehensive review of 911 calls to determine just what proportion of uh, Oakland Police Department's total workload can be taken over by unarmed civilians with a focus on health and crisis intervention. Very smart. Majority of dispatch calls are related to unhoused, uh, to unhoused population. Unhoused meaning homeless. homeless. Um, and as we've as we've heard above, 40% of the U.S.'s homeless population is black. So if you're in a city where the large majority of people are black, especially in that underprivileged area, you can imagine probably 90% to 95% of these calls are to black individuals mm-hmm. or other minority, uh, other minority communities, right? Uh, a disproportionately high percentage of Oakland's unhoused population is black. Imagine that. <laughs> and a wealth of research shows police are more likely to use force during interactions with black and Latinx folks, um, you know, over other people, uh, as we've discussed before. So macro proponents say the program could save the city and county millions of dollars in police overtime arrests and detention costs ambulance trips and mental health stays here is one point that i want to quickly say on top of this mm-hmm. one it's fantastic that they came with this this final point here because a lot of people don't give two shits about what the program is meant to do as much as how is it going to save us money if the money talks now, all of a sudden, all right, we'll listen. For all the people that talk about, you know, defund the police, how about this one? You could you could pour less money into that, or you would have to pour less money into that if you weren't paying overtime for all the for all the the bullshit things that these cops have to go have to go to. Like they do not have to go to something like this, a mental health episode uh, for a, a homeless person. They don't need to be there for that, especially if there's nothing violent reported and a crime isn't actually being reported. It's just, you know, a disturbance. Maybe they're agitated. You know, maybe they're having an episode. That doesn't mean that police need to show up who have no training in de-escalation, as you discussed earlier. In that, when you have a department that is going to arrest people for next to nothing or for erroneous reasons, all of those court dates that come from all of these BS arrests, police get paid overtime. It doesn't matter. It does it doesn't matter when the court date is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if they were gonna be working or not. They're getting paid overtime for for those court hearings. Now how often are they gonna be there? They could be there for hours and hours and hours. You don't think that's eating up money that they didn't need to be at at all because the arrest they made was bullshit. So people want to talk about, you know, money. There, There's a perfect example. And this is and this doesn't even talk about uh, this doesn't even talk about that situation. This is just saying less people out to calls means less overtime hours. It doesn't even talk about the court thing. That's just an additional right. thing. Sorry, I just got... No, it's okay. It's uh, just got passionate about that one for a second. I mean, you've heard me the whole episode, so... It's been a rant. It's been rant-lack. 
<sighs> Which so, leads us to the questions that need to be addressed. Yes. Is mental health seen as a privilege or, or luxurious problem to have within black communities? To me, no. Personally, no. I think that it's not seen as a privilege or luxury. I think it's more of something that's either said, oh, we don't experience that. It just doesn't happen. There's either a denial or there's more more like it. There's just a complete lack of information and knowledge on mental health for someone to really say, wow, I might need some help. Right. And that comes from the fact that the information isn't readily available and they don't have the time, as we've discussed, they don't have the time to go looking for that information. And if they do, they may not have the funds to actually pay for that help. Mm -hmm. So we talk about barriers of entry. Here are some barriers of entry, time and money. The two most simple barriers, you know, that are going to stop you from doing anything are time and are your time and your money. And those are two of the biggest issues to me in this situation. I agree. And when we look at things like this, um, we look at the issue of minimum wage or even like have being able to provide for a family. If you work a full time job, a full time job, not just a but like a bunch of part time job, but like a full time job and you have to work other part-time jobs and you have to do these things um, and are still not afforded the time, resources, and energy to do anything else, that's a problem. And as I discussed earlier in this episode, there are multiple funding uh, expenditures that can be reduced in order to... Well, that's just on the government level, but like when we talk about bigger programs, like when we talk right. about if you own Amazon, Jeff Bezos, is there any reason that any one of your employees should be on food stamps? Nope. Nope. When you work for Google's, when you work for Microsoft's, when these big companies are getting away with ex uh, extortion, essentially, like you're getting away with robbery, this is another issue because now you have people like the people in the black communities who are working these jobs or trying to work these jobs and might not be able to work these jobs because Wells Fargo says there's no talent pool for these people to work. Absolutely. And a quick, uh, just a quick Go aside ahead. because someone said this and I was like, damn, I never thought of arguing it this way before. For all of the people that say minimum wage is going to drain the economy because these businesses, all these businesses are going to go out of out of uh, out of business because they can't afford the wages. Maybe smaller businesses, yeah. But at to your point, Amazon, these all these bigger corporations, they can afford to pay enough to not have someone on food stamps working for them. And if you're going to be employing a gigantic group in a geographical area and not pay them enough. Guess where guess where the money for these social programs and these civil programs come from? Themselves, the taxpayer, and all of the other people in that area paying the taxes as well. So we are essentially having to fund ourselves to survive, and we already aren't making enough to live survive. in the first place. Right. 
So there, there's a bunch of issues, and I think that's what goes into say, like, is it privilege or a luxurious problem to have and uh, mental health issues and being able to seek out therapy and other resources? No, because as we said, I don't think for a lot of people, even having the basic understanding of, oh, this is what I need, is there. And again, it becomes, for me, and I can't speak because thankfully I have been able to be into different positions that give me, again, that privilege to, I went to a university where mental health like outlets and options and resources were available for me. I tried them out. It wasn't for me. And it might be the mistrust that I have for for the medical field, but it didn't work for me. Um, I found other outlets and I found other ways that helped address some of the issues that I was having. But, again, I was privileged enough to have two parents that went to college that were able to allow me to have the different resources to give me opportunity to get to school and to help me out financially. I don't feel like if I take a risk in my life that I have no backing. I I feel safe enough to know if I drop from the, the trapeze that there is a net underneath me. That's not the reality for people. That That is, again, the privilege that exists within certain people's life. Agreed. So while it may be seen from others as privileged to have mental health um, outlets and options and resources, I don't think the black communities necessarily look at mental health as a privileged or luxurious problem rather than they don't have the time. Right. It is a privilege to have that stuff. Don't right. get us wrong. That's the reality of it. Exactly. But... That's not the perception. The perception is it's not even a thought. Oh, another part, and I forget where it was. It was in one of the articles I was reading, um, was the religiosity, I fear, whatever the fucking word was. It was a weird word that I didn't think was real. Uh, but it was about the religion nature of things and how we had been force-fed oh, religion. God, don't, real, but, don't even get me into But to that. go into it, God can solve all problems. And your problems exist from a lack of faith and um, dedication to your religion. And therefore, these mental health issues or these demons or these devils that exist within you are because of your lack of faith that things will get better. That's right. So pray harder and you'll be fine. Pick yourself up from the bootstraps. That, that's right. And religiosity was the word you were looking for. That's what I said, didn't I? You said religiosity. But you did correct yourself to religiosity. So. Right. Okay, cool. So I was on the right path. Anyways, we launched a Kickstarter. Make sure you check the Kickstarter out. We will be coming up with some more topics. I think we're going to buy bl- buy back the block soon. Here we are. I, I like Hopefully. To call it, I like to call it buy black the buy block. Buy black, bl- black the block. It doesn't sound right the more I say it. But um, we're, we're going to have more conversations on capitalism, more conversations on mental health, more uh, conversations on the bullshit that exists within America, and then more specifically in the bullshit that exists within the craft beer industry. But until then, I am your host, Tyler Washington. I'm Chris. And until next time, deuces. For anyone who might need help specific to the black community, resources can be found at adaa.org. Uh, and national and the National Suicide Prevention Line is available 24/7 at 1-800-273-8255 or at suicidepreventionlifeline.org.